Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 371 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Molly. Molly lives in Nebraska, where she is a registered nurse who works in home health care and hospice. Welcome, Molly. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Well, I, this is my favorite part of my day is when I get to talk to people about intermittent fasting. I really love to talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> so you know I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, I'll give you kind of the edited version. You know, we all have this huge, long history. But really, oh, yeah. in 2016, I had just had my fourth baby. And, you know, I was starting to think about 
I gained a lot of weight (laughs) with that pregnancy, that last one. I had so much inflammation. And so then I got done weaning him in 2017 or so, and I found myself weighing 240 pounds. So I'm 5'9". I'm 5'9", which is 170 centimeters, and 240 converts to 108 kgs. So I mean, I'm tall. But I know so, our I mean, listeners in the other parts of the world will appreciate that oh, conversion. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a taller gal. I have the bone structure that, you know, 240, I was wearing a size 16 pants. So that's not really, isn't that average now, really? But I just did well, not you know, feel well. It probably well. is, I think. Yeah. And really, truly, probably I had one pair of pants that I could wear plus my scrubs. And I just wore those, that one pair of jeans because I was not going to get the next size. I really was like, I cannot, I will not. And so I went to my GP and I was like, I need help. You know, I had struggled at home, you know, that six months after I weaned him and didn't budge anything. Like, and I had already knew from previous experience that I was very weight loss resistant. And so I was like, I need help. What can you do for me? And so, of course, she gave me fentramine. Oh, and- <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if that's what it would be. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping yeah. that she would say intermittent fasting, but no, nope, I got fentramine from a doctor. Nope, I got well. a longer story than that. <laughs> but she was very sweet. And she was just like, I really don't know. This is the only thing you've already done the diet, the exercise. Because I was. And she was very gracious to just acknowledge that I was trying versus, you know, I know some people, they would just not believe you that you're trying. Right. So I did that for a year and got down to a whole 210. I lost, oh, wow. you know, just 30 pounds. And during that time, you know, I was really all in and I don't know where I got the energy for that, probably from the fentramine, the speed that I was yeah. on. But I did the 21 day fix, uh, those containers, I was prepping meals like a crazy person. And I was doing all of their beach body workouts. Like I was exhausted and I had lost a whopping 30 pounds. It was, you know, and she's like, well, you have a year on this. That's all I'll give you. And so here I was not where I wanted to be. So then remembered, I used to work with a OBGYN that had a weight loss clinic. So I went over to his office and I was like, here's where I'm at. I'm just super weight loss resistant. This fentramine is fine, but I don't really feel like appetite is my problem. I have a metabolism problem. What do I do for my metabolism? And they were going to give me more fentramine. And I was like, well, this other dose didn't work. So he upped it to the higher dose and then asked me to eat all these packaged foods. You know, it was like a meta fast, you know, prepackaged crap. It was so gross. And I thought this is never... Uh. I mean, I was like, what is the sustainability of this? Like, I can't eat these macaroni noodles that taste like cardboard in this package. And it didn't work anyway. It was super expensive. You know, that really brings up a topic that is just once you've learned so much about the body like we have at this point and about Mm -hmm. real food and about nourishing our bodies. I go back, there was a doctor weight loss program called the Howard Diet that all the teachers in Augusta were doing back in the day. And I can't remember if they gave us fentramine or not with that one, but I know they gave us these shots and it was a very low calorie diet and it was full of the processed stuff. He had his own branded Howard Diet Mm -hmm. chips and Mm -hmm. snack bars. Mm -hmm. 
what in the world would make a doctor think that that is nourishing our bodies well? Yeah. So you had to like sign up and go and be weighed with this gal every month and she would give yeah. open our closet and give you your next month's worth of crap food, you know. And I remember sitting there, I was so dejected. And I just remember asking her like, what is the success? What are other people doing? And she's like, oh, a lot of people lose weight right away. And I'm like, then are they keeping it off? She goes, no, well, yeah, some of them come back and some just can't stick with it. And I'm thinking they really thought if this lady was this big and I'm sure she had never struggled at all ever. And so it was, I just didn't go back. I just thought this is ridiculous. So I went back to that doctor because it was at that office, the weight loss clinic, but I went back because I had had some irregular periods. And so they're like, oh, well, let's get you back in. So the doctor did a ultrasound and I had PCOS and all these light bulbs. I was like, oh, so there is a reason. And so I was thinking, oh, he's going to help me treat my PCOS. And he was like, do you want to have more kids? And I was like, no. And he's like, try to lose the weight. Good luck. Like, oh my gosh. And I was like, oh, but these women just keep getting heavier and heavier. And then they have all this metabolic syndrome and all this cardiac and diabetes. And I was like, I do not want that. And he's like, I well, can re- that's what you <laughs> yeah. got. <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, we're in the business of babies here. If you want a women's health referral. So just everyone, OBGYNs are not women's health, apparently, to this feller. So, you know, it's true, though. My friend Tabitha Barber, who I just got to see last week, mm-hmm. she's an OBGYN, and she's the one who got me started on hormone replacement therapy. But she blew my mind when she explained that, you know, she's a traditionally trained OBGYN. They are surgeons. Mm-hmm. They don't understand the hormones and like, you know, you always said you felt like you were weight loss resistant. PCOS is linked to high levels of insulin, which will stop you from losing weight. (laughs) I mean, you had a hormonal problem and your doctor said, whoop, sorry, don't, don't know. Yeah. He's like, I could give you birth control pills for their regular periods. And I had already discovered that I didn't get along with those. And so I was like, well, I don't want that. And he's like, well, here's the fentermine. I can give you a women's health referral. So I did take that and I went and she was a nice lady, still a little medicine pushy, not really like curative, but she did help me. She had me do a fasting insulin. And that was the first that I had ever even heard of that in my 15 years in the health field. Isn't that terrible? Yes. Do you remember what it was? Yes. It was 22, which I thought was high. But kind of being in the community, maybe it's not so bad. So I'm kind of surprised that I was so weight loss resistant with a 22. It's high. 22 is high. Yeah. You know, as we've learned, 2.5 to 5 is probably more optimal. But 22 may be in the, now I'm using my little quotes here, Mm -hmm. normal reference range because so many people are walking around with really high levels of insulin. And so what looks normal now is not anywhere near optimal. So yeah, yeah. With PCOS, that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, I felt really empowered with that diagnosis and I really got online and really started researching what that meant. And really, I just found more doomsday experiences of other lady, like, cause I have worked in specialty clinics where we had gals come in with PCOS, mostly trying to get pregnant, but I just saw 
the health implications of that. And I, working in home health, like I really see the end stages of metabolic health, you know, maybe not necessarily in hospice. Usually those folks die rather suddenly, but I do see the folks that are homebound because of their chronic illness, which was caused ultimately by a metabolic disease. And I just know like here I was 36 approaching midlife. And I thought I have to get this figured out because I want to be in charge of how I age. I do not want to be sitting there waiting for someone to bring me my meals as I get heavier and sicker. Like that really, I was so anxious about, but knowing that I had that diagnosis really empowered me to find out how I could fix this. So, well, I um, love that you took that approach of feeling like it was making you empowered because now you knew what was going on. You knew it wasn't just because you were weak-willed or whatever lazy. it was yeah. or you didn't have yeah. a fentramine deficiency that right. fentramine <laughs> would cure it, right? And sure. you know, it was something going on in your body that when you found that root cause, you could address it. And of course, it does all go back to food and how we're nourishing ourselves. But more junky packaged food from the doctor was not the answer either. No, I don't think so. So then (laughs) I really got online and I was finding that some gals were having success with keto. And so then I kind of went through that, reading a lot of papers, research kind of stuff. And of course, fasting kept popping up in my search results too. And the only really experience I had had with fasting was we had a chaplain who did it in my hospice. He did it. And at that time, I was doing plexus, like that pink drink. I don't know. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> and so there was some gal, she had, it wasn't necessarily a podcast, but you could like be part of her little community. And she, well, yeah, right. Yes, that's exactly what they were now that you say that word. And so she would do these little mini lectures and she was very anti-fasting. And she was, I remember she was like getting her master's. So she was sharing all this research with us and the horrors of gluconeogenesis and how all this was terrible. And I just remember she was like, these people, it was terrible in her eyes. So I remember the solution is a pink drink that you can sip on all the time. (laughs) So I remember this chaplain and he was saying, like, we were at a work meeting or something. And he's like, Oh, I'm fasting today. I'm not going to partake in. And I just remember thinking, you're going to go into a glucose crisis. And like, you're driving a company car, you're going to murder people, like, you're, you're going (laughs) to die. And so I don't remember, I don't think I confronted him. But I just remember thinking, you are crazy. That is so unhealthy because that's what I, the information I had had. And so I didn't really pay attention to those fasting when it came through my search bar. But I finally, I was doing keto. I was very strict keto and it was Halloween day and I was working in the morning and I was trying to get back home to get my kids, you know, ready for Halloween and go trick or treating. And so I skipped, I didn't eat lunch. You know, I had packed all these prepping, all this stuff and I didn't get my lunch ate. And then it was just crazy. And I didn't get supper because the only thing that was supper was, you know, Halloween candy or a hot dog. And I was like, I'll just wait till I get home. And then, you know, we got home late and finally 
put the kids to bed and settle down. And I was so pooped. I just went to bed. And then that next morning, like, I don't even think I thought about it, but that next morning I was like, I just went 24, like, you know, it was like approaching 30 hours by that point. And I was so ketoed up that I felt great. And so it was just like, oh, maybe I didn't die. Like, I didn't even feel bad. Didn't have any blood sugar lows. You know, I didn't feel bad at all. And so that was like, wow. Okay, so that was October of 2019. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. And then I'm a big podcaster driving in the car. You know, I live in a rural area, so we do a lot of driving for home health and hospice. And so I do a lot of podcasts and guess what popped in? You know, I researched, I'm like, well, might as well learn about this while I'm driving around. And guess whose podcast popped up in my search? I bet it was Intermittent (laughs) Fasting Stories or was it Intermittent Fasting Podcast at that point? Podcast, podcast. So I- Okay, the one that I, I did with Melanie. Yes. And- I just soaked that up and I listened to every old episode. Like I was hooked. And so by mid November, I was, I don't know how I got anything done, honestly. Like I was so deep in that rabbit hole of fasting and just learning everything and watching Dr. Fung's videos and, you know, so many. Is it Dave Asprey? Yeah, I get I actually, them all. Confused funny story. Now. I was 
finally in the room with Dave Asprey last week. I was at a oh. conference. And he was there. I wanted so bad to go over and say, fast, clean, Dave, fast, clean. But I didn't. I just waved at him and said hello one time when he walked by. <laughs> and that was all. I don't know if he knows so, who I am or anything. Oh, oh, I bet he does. <laughs> so is he the one that like paid a shaman to take him up the mountain for four days yes. to get? Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. A- so and he's the I, bulletproof coffee guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So somehow I heard about that. And so I like, well, I'll just do five days. So I took some time oh, off. Gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I'm an all-in kind of gal. So I did that. I took a few days off and I built some shelves in my basement and I just cleaned the whole – like I was – on crack. I was so (laughs) like, I was so high on ketones and just living my best life. And then I think I listened. No shaman required. No, no. I just locked myself in my basement with some wood and tools. And then I think I listened to your delayed don't deny book while I was locked in the basement doing all those handyman jobs and stuff. And so then I was like, that's it. I'm going to do that. And so then I just kept building from there. I had read the PCOS plan. Dr. Right. Fung's, is it Nadia Padaguana? Nadia is Nadia yeah. is her name. Yeah. Yeah. Padaguana, I think. I read her book, PCOS plan. And it did talk a little bit more towards like reproduction and that, but it did say, ADF is the way to cure this. And so Alternate I daily fasting. Yeah. That really is a great approach because you have that longer period of time, like the 36 hours to 40 ish, whatever that might be to, mm-hmm. to really get your insulin down anymore. I just want to pop in real quick for people who are listening that might not know because your podcast is coming out near the end of the year. And so we'll have lots of new people who are you know, looking for ready to start intermittent fasting. I don't recommend fasts beyond 72 hours unless you're under the care of a medical professional. I just wanted to pop that in there since yes. you had your five-day fast. <laughs> I don't so. know that. Um, I always I have was, to put that in. <laughs> I was a little undereducated at that point. I yeah. just like, you know, hit her little bits and pieces. And so, yeah, I don't. Get it. I don't think that that was probably the right way, but it worked for me. Well, um, you know, I, and I get it because there's so many things, you know, you hear, read his story about the shaman. You're like, well, okay, mm-hmm. I'll be my own shaman. But yeah. I just want people to make sure, especially if you're starting off and those longer fasts, anything beyond alternate daily fasting would not be for weight loss. It would be for healing. And you want to be cautious with not over fasting. But for anybody who's like, what is all that? That's all explained in Fast, Feast, Repeat. So I want to go back to your story after I popped that in there. Yeah, no, that's okay. So then I really just looked at it like a health plan. Like this is the treatment for this disease that I have. And so I really took it very seriously in that way. And I did ADF probably for a good six months and really enjoyed it. I made it flexible for my life. I really didn't have any troubles with it because I'm so busy as a mom. It was like, oh, I don't have to deal with any of that today. Like it was really refreshing, I felt. But I started really ADF then in November. By that next December, my period was already regulated, like December, January. It was... I was like, oh, these idiots could have just done this. Like, uh, why does no one know about this? (laughs) Well, and luckily, I think it's getting more and more out there, right? But, you know, the latest right now, here we are at the end of 2023, and a new book has just come out that talks about 
fasting and women and like encouraging women not to do fasting during certain times of the month. But luckily, we're going to have a fertility expert come on the Fast Feast Repeat podcast. Mm -hmm. She's part of She's at the conference. But, you know, Dr. Fung's group, Nadia, Megan Ramos, they talk at length about the fact that fasting is not going to be, quote, bad for your hormones. You found Mm -hmm. it to regulate your hormones. You were suddenly having regular periods after Mm -hmm. not. Yeah, it was pretty. I was just like, oh, this. And so then I was just like, yeah, this is working. I did have some inflammation reduction and weight loss there, but I just kept plugging along. I wasn't say I was a turtle, but I... 2019, I was 210, right? And then, right. And I did switch back to like a daily eating window there for a while, just depending. But by 2021, I was 168 pounds. And so I felt really good. I was in a size eight, I could wear a few sixes there. I was feeling really good sleeping well, you know, I still doing some ADF. I started to plateau a little bit more in through there. And so I did go through Zoe at that time Okay, in the summer of 21, because I knew that that 170 area was going to be a set point that I would maybe struggle through. And I had also redone my insulin about then, and it was eight. So, wow. Yeah. I felt like I was making progress. And so in the summer of 21, I was about a size eight, 168 pounds, which is how many kilograms did I decide that was? About 77, give or take in there. And I, I had a little back injury and um, oh no, it's so silly. I'll share just so everyone else doesn't feel silly. I went to a sleepaway camp, church camp with my kids and I had a terrible bunk and I woke up and I could not touch my toes. Oh, no. so, from the bunk? Yeah, just sleeping wrong, you know, sleep injury, you know, yeah. they happen. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I really struggled with that. I ended up, it was just some arthritis in my back that flared up, which they say like 80% of people have arthritis in their back, but most people just, it doesn't bother them. So, and then also during that time, I had a thyroid nodule that kind of popped up. And so I was regaining. Even though I was doing ADF, my windows were really hard. Like fasting had never been hard up to that point for me. And so I was starting to struggle. And then I was thinking I would start off the day with ADF. And then here it was five o'clock and I'm like, well, I'll just do a modified today. I'll do a little. And then before I knew it, I was eating a whole meal. Like my body was not happy. Something was off. You could tell something was was off. Yeah. Because I had been doing it, you know, for almost 18 months then successfully. And so I was doing a lot of tweaking and I tweaked different things and still slowly, steadily, my weight just kept coming up a little bit at a time. But interesting, during this time, even though I was still gaining weight, still being inflamed, my skin tags fell off during this time. Wow. So I just think if I had quit, if I had said, this is not working, I would have 
just halted all that healing that was still apparently happening, even though I was still having this inflammation. So it, it makes tweaking. me wonder if like your fat cells were letting something go. You know, we know that our bodies store weird things in our fat cells. Like anything that comes in, our body's like, I don't know what to do with that. They'll just stash it away. Like if you have a bunch of crap and you stick it under your bed, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. now it's you're moving. So you got to clean everything out and you got to deal with all that crap under the bed. And so I wonder if that's what could have been going on. You know, it's just a hypothesis, but you know, yeah. you get to a certain point, your body's clearing it out. And so the inflammation could have been coming from whatever was being released. Yeah. So, you know, you recommend you tweak some things and I was doing right. that still wasn't getting anywhere. So then I went back to my provider and I was like, something's going on. I don't, even really have any symptoms other than this weight gain. We did discover that thyroid then and we're treating that. But I found myself back up 30 pounds by January of 23. Still having a daily window, fasting 20 hours most of that time with some ADF. You know, I would like try to force it. I'd be like, I just got to buckle down and didn't feel good. And so I was really, but still doing it every day, still in the communities. You know, I really thank you so much because if your podcasts weren't there, if I wasn't spending three hours a week with you during that time, I probably would have quit and given up in, but I was still tied in there and just doing the work every day. So January of 23, just this last January, still tweaking, still trying to find out what was going on. I went back and we did a little bit more on my thyroid. I started berberine, which I think helped a lot. I did not do another insulin at that time. I regret that, but I really started trying to eat more to my Zoe because that really does feel good. It's just a little more work sometimes. It is more work. What did you find out from doing Zoe? What did it tell you about your body? My gut health was not awesome, which I could have guessed that. And my fat and sugar clearance were really about the same. Like I didn't lean okay. one way or the other. It was really just more like things that I thought were healthy that maybe my body didn't really enjoy. Like watermelon. I love watermelon. I do not have a good score on watermelon in my Zoe, but I can eat all the chips and salsa I want. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Bodies are complicated. Yeah. yeah. So I really started working on that. And so the thyroid treatment, berberine, Zoe, and then finally this summer, I did have a hysterectomy. I just was not, I mean, I think I have, oh, I also started HRT hormone replacement in there too. Cause when I went back to the doctor in January, we really did a deep dive on all the hormones and things. We didn't do the insulin. So I started hormone replacement therapy and it wasn't like night and day, but all those things, I really did see a difference in my weight just started going back down. The ADF was comfortable again, not struggling to keep my timer, you know, going. And so just chugging away there. After I had that hysterectomy, I didn't know how I would do because you hear all these stories about people's weight jumping up or whatever. And honestly, I think my body was just like, oh, we don't have to lose all this blood every, you know, and do all this rebuilding. And then it happens again in a few weeks. And so since June, when I had that, I'm back down to 170 this morning. Oh, good. 
So I mean, I'm that, so glad. I know. So that was like once I got all those tweaks. Yeah, I'm doing great today. So. So there was definitely something going on in your body, something your body was working on, and you may never know exactly what that even was, but something was going on, and our bodies have these, they do what they do, and so we just have to try to figure out, all right, what does my body need? And the fact that it was feeling hard, I think that's an important part of the story. Like, it wasn't feeling easy all of a sudden. So do you think that changing what you were eating to match Zoe helped with that a little bit or what made it finally feel easy again? I'm sure it did. I think just all those little hormones, you know, riling things up, you know, like you, uh, not necessarily a fight or flight situation, but if your body's struggling, you're going to lean into (laughs) those old bad habits, you know, not feeling well. So yeah, I think that's important. I'm sure Zoe did help. If it's not feeling good, you need to figure out, all right, why is this not feeling good? What will it take for it to feel good again? So do you think that some of that was, like you said, going back to foods that weren't serving you well or not making you feel good? Oh, yeah. You know, I just kept reaching for things that I, I had such amazing appetite correction between 2019 and that 21, later 21. Like I was one of those annoying people were annoyed with me. Like I would, I, <laughs> I was like, you, you know, before you go through this transformation and you see those people who are just sitting there, not just stuffing their face at a buffet, like, and you're just like, well, aren't you annoying? Like, right. That's great for you. I love that for you, but I'm going to eat this cake. Like I was an annoying person. I really did not crave any of those things. And so I was falling back into those you know, your body just wants something to feel good, maybe. And so it wasn't that, but it wasn't working. I wasn't feeling better, but. You know, I find, just like you're describing, for me, appetite correction really does depend on what I'm eating. You know, certain foods, I lose my appetite correction when I eat those foods. And then I'm just eating, eating, eating. And so I think that's really an important part of it. You know, the fasting is one piece of the appetite correction, but food quality and finding what works for your body and keeping your blood sugar from going up and down really quick or, you know, those empty calories is what we used to call them, but that's still such a good description Mm -hmm. of those foods. Mm -hmm. Like cake. Yeah. Give me a bunch of cake. My appetite correction has gone, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or potato chips. (laughs) (laughs) so I feel really really well right now I'm actually lifting weights a couple times a week my weight is staying pretty steady but it's still like I'll just drop three pounds in a week suddenly and so I'm kind of getting kind of be a hard body over here like it feels really good love it yeah and how old are you I am going to be 40 in a few weeks so well this is a great time to build that lean muscle mass so that you'll have it as you continue to age. Yeah. I just feel so thankful and blessed that I, because I just can't imagine what, if I hadn't found this, what trajectory, you know, I would have been a victim of my circumstances and just getting sicker and sicker. My dad has diabetes. Some of my grandparents did. And what I'm finding in the field is that people get those chronic illnesses 20 years before their parents did, you know, it's just wow. sped up. And so I would have been diabetic by the time I was 50 at what weight, who knows, with some other developing chronic illnesses, you know, at that point, 
I see that people's parents got diabetes in their 80s and they're getting it in their 60s and 50s. And so every generation just seems like their chronic illnesses are sped up 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah, my dad, his came about about 25 years ago. So it was in his early 50s is when he was diagnosed as type 2 diabetic. And Mm -hmm. so I know I was on that trajectory too, you know, at 210 pounds. And I don't even remember what my waist size was. I wish I knew my fasting insulin, but I know I was on that path. And to know that now I'm not on that path anymore. Just like you said, it's such a powerful feeling. Mm -hmm. In the cancer, you know, I see a lot of cancer with home health and hospice and just to know that, you know, after Dr. Fung's book about the cancer code came out, like just that cancer feeds on that glucose and all of that gives me a lot of peace of mind as well. Yeah. So what is your eating style like now? I know you started off before fasting, you were keto and then you've gone through the Zoe. So I imagine with Zoe, you introduced, you know, more fiber kind of things. What's it like now for you? Right now I'm really kind of on this decline. So I'm trying to feed that and just get some, well, I have some traction here because I knew I'm right at that 170 it's going to be another set point I got to work through. So I'm doing ADF right now, 36 or so, about twice a week, especially like on busy weeks, I might do it the full week, but it is so easy. I just love it. (laughs) I'm glad to hear it. And I feel well when I do that too. And like your eating style, are you a little more on the low carb still or not? No, sweet potatoes and beans are really good on my Zoe scores. So I do a lot of those. So yeah, I do good with meat. And so I had one of those tweaks I had done was carnivore. And I really like that too. But yeah, my eating, I really, we don't have much processed food in my house. And I work part time. So I'm able to, you know, get home and make a homemade meal. It was funny. I was talking to someone the other day and they were like, well, I'm skipping breakfast because I have to do something, you know? And she's like, I can't skip lunch because I got to cook. And I was like, I make lunch. And she was like, oh, well, and I thought, has she thought that I have not like fed my children for four years at lunchtime? (laughs) Like I thought my kids were, you know, 18 months to 10 years old. Like she just thought I locked myself in the bedroom during lunch. I don't know. Anyway. Well, there's that, that whole funny. idea that like, <clears throat> if you're fasting, you like must be unable to work with food. And that's, you know, the opposite. You know, I do the laundry. I make food for people. I clean mm-hmm. the house. There's just chores or tasks. And yeah. making food for somebody else is just another one of those tasks that you can do. Yep. Yeah. I was like... Have you ever been a waitress? Well, yeah. I'm like, do you feel the need to sit down with every person you serve? No, neither do I. Like, I totally make their lunch every day, but I'm not called to eat it. Yeah. And that can be a real struggle for people who are early on. So I'm not making light of that. If you're early to intermittent fasting, it can feel hard to work with food and feed your kids. And But when you really look at what they're eating you can delay it if it looks amazing, have it later, but it we're telling you, Molly and I are telling you, it will get easier as you become yes. adapted. You will no longer really feel like, will. man, I wish I could eat whatever that is. Yeah. You will look back and just think that, you know, it, it's so amazing. Like 
how you used to be and think that how far you've come and just the total change in yourself. And you'll be so proud. I feel like such a bad girl. Like I just, I'll have my coffee black. Thank you. And I will skip lunch. My husband's a farmer. And so we, you know, do a lot of like, well, a rancher too, but we do like if we work cattle and we start in the morning and it takes through like everyone wants to stop for lunch. And we're like, we just want to keep going. <laughs> like you mortals have to stop for lunch. Like it's so funny to like, oh yeah, we should probably break for lunch. Let those people have yeah. a break. Yeah, yeah exactly. We'll just keep working. So he does fasting as well? He does. He's, he's he does. intermittent faster? Good. Yep. He has always been a little fluffy, but when I started, he's like, well, yeah, I'll do that too. And he just like recouped so much of his day. Like maybe your dad does this too. He's has a ag background, I think, but you know, these farmers come home and they have this huge meal and then they of course need a nap. And so now it's like one thirty, and they've wasted half the day, like on this lunch break or whatever, not every day. I make farmers work very hard. I'm no, not I making get it. light of no, that. I, but, they do. They do work. But, my um, dad was financial. He's a financial guy. He oh, was a hospital CFO. Yeah, oh, he worked. Oh, I thought in, he in had a horse the, farm yeah. or something, maybe. Oh, he did have horses. Oh, yes. I see. That, that, yeah, okay. they did raise horses for a while. They had paint horses, but he was not the one doing all that. My dad I was see. definitely not out there oh. picking the stalls, and that's my stepmother. He I wasn't see. feeding them. No, no, no. He got in his car and went to work at the hospital. Uh, I see. He, came <laughs> he did. Well, he did enjoy having the horses and going to the horse shows with the family. But uh, uh-uh, uh, no. <laughs> he was definitely. I don't know that I ever saw him really. I mean, he must have. But no, it was mostly. Yeah, that's funny. But I love that your husband has got his day back. Yeah. So his like productive hours just really ramped up there. He loves it. He used to be such a sweater. Like he just, he would come home and change clothes. Summer was terrible here in Nebraska. You know, it gets above a hundred a lot. And he's like, the summer is so much more tolerable. Like now that I'm not eating all day, you know, he used to start the day with a Mountain Dew and then just feeding that blood sugar roller coaster all day. And so he feels so much better. So my husband and I are actually high school sweethearts. Oh, I love that. (laughs) So we actually are back into our high school bodies, basically. I mean, give or take a few pounds and some different body composition, I would guess. So yeah, we really, we look just like we did in high school. It's really fun. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. 
Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. I love that. And I think that's a testament to you as you know, you're here where you are today because you didn't give up. You know, you didn't mm-hmm. say, well, fasting hadn't worked for me when you, you know, were regaining weight. You said, no, I've got to dig in. I've got to figure this out. And then you did. And here you are yeah, back in your side. high school yeah. body yeah. on the other side. And I think that's important. This is why I like to talk to people. You know, like people will email me. They're like, I just started last month and I'm so excited. And I'm like, all right, email me in a year. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> Because we need to hear the whole thing, the ups and the downs, because, you know, we get inspired by someone who started intermittent fasting, had great quick success, lost a lot of weight. But that is not the end of the story. What happened after another year? And so, you know, what happens when you start seeing some weight gain, even though you didn't quit fasting? And how do you dig in and what do you do about that? And so these stories are so very important. Well, I had you know, since 2017, I was like, oh, I'm going to be on her podcast someday. I'll be on it when I'm at my goal, which my goal is 150 pounds. That's really kind of where I was in high school. And I'm very, very close. I do have some jeans that I can wear, but I think it was more the upperclassmen and I was a little thicker then, but my goal is 150. But I if you look on paper, it took me four years to lose 40 pounds, <laughs> you know, really, if you wanted right. to say that. And I think there's a bigger story there that you didn't quit. And I still am healing. And oh, so I did tell you when I had my hysterectomy, I asked the doctor what my ovaries looked like if there were cysts or, you know, cause I was wondering if I had cured it, you know, and she said very few. So I, wow, I feel that's like awesome. that's a win. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I meant to get my insulin drawn again before our visit, but I didn't get it done. But some of my non-scale victories, just so much inflammation. I used to have just really like pitting edema in my legs and feet sometimes. And it would come and go, but like I got those bony old lady feet. Like they're just... (laughs) you know, almost not attractive. They're just so bony. Like, but I'm like, Oh, look at, I can see every bone and every tendon. And let's see the heat tolerance. You know, I go out and mow in the heat of the day. Like it doesn't bother me. Like it's so refreshing to just not be stuck inside. Cause it's hot, you know, like just to keep yeah. living your life. I do not need a pick me up in the afternoon, which is huge. And I do not need a pre-workout. I think I, did some of that with the beach body. But here, like a few falls ago, I did the relay for life. And it was like a on your own thing where you had to run like 50 kilometers in the month of October or something crazy like that. And I did that. And most of those were in the evening without any caffeine, like before I had eaten fasted. And I just, I could just run for hours until I needed to go inside. Like it was just the energy a huge thing was just that PCOS and all those other symptoms, you know, not even the main ones that you hear about, but there are a whole cluster of symptoms that go with PCOS, like mood and anxiety and depression and hair and nails and skin and so many things. And I had looked at a chart the other day and truly like 
very few, like, and maybe just traces of some of those things. So just like that is huge for me. My mood, like there was one time where we were planning to go on a vacation. I think it was that fall before 2019 when I started. We were doing a vacation before school started. So that would have been August before I started in October. And I was such a rage monster. Like I went to the doctor because I needed something for my, like it was anxiety driven, but I was just mean to my kids. Like I was not nice to be around. And that just went away. Like my, I'm so, people even comment, they're like, you're so chill and and calm. I know you're so cheerful. I can't imagine you being a rage monster at all. Your energy is nothing like that. (laughs) I'm sure it was private in, in the whole, like in a controlled environment. But, you know, even my husband, my kids were like, you know, it's been four years, so they don't remember. But I remember just being, yeah so uncomfortable in my skin, so just angry and mad and short-tempered. And that is so much better. The confidence I have now, like my kids play a lot of sports and like walking across in front of the gym to get to your seat would just put me, like I would just, I'll just sit here because I don't want to walk in front of everyone or what, like I'm just, I will not be shy now. I'm probably need to be more brain fog. I talk a lot of heavy things with my patients' families, and I just, I feel like I'm really able to communicate, and now I can't say it, I'm not being very articulate just now, but I feel like I can really speak my mind better. And No, I get it. You have more mental clarity, less brain fog. We really are able to speak more clearly in the fastest day. Just when I, I talked about being at a conference and I was at a conference in Arizona and the first full day of the conference, the way it was scheduled, you know, here we are, I'm in a whole different state, three hours time difference. I had to be on stage from 1.30 till five o'clock Arizona time. So imagine that, you know, convert mm-hmm. it, add three hours. So it was like I was on stage till 8 p.m. Eastern time, even that was only five there. And then I had to go to a reception in like the suite. And by the time I had a chance to eat, it was after six Arizona times, it was after nine. But I had such good mental clarity. If I had eaten before I'd gone on stage, I don't think I would have felt so sharp. So I know exactly what you mean by Mm -hmm. that. It helps you to communicate in a more clear way. Yeah. One thing that it's kind of, you don't really think about, but you know, when your belly's big and you're just constantly adjusting your shirt so that yes. it drapes properly over your belly. I do not, that's just a tick that I think so many of us develop and we don't, I finally realized that I wasn't doing that. I was at the gym the other day and, you know, they have those huge Florida ceiling mirrors and I was doing some kind of a bend thing or something. And I remember like, the feeling of my t-shirt touching my belly. And my first instinct was to like go pull it down. But I had right. caught myself in the mirror and I was like, that is a totally flat belly. Like there is nothing to pull or tug. Like, And I kind of just sat there in this weird position admiring what this weird angle. And I was just, you know, just tight and nothing to be ashamed of or pull my t-shirt. Like that's such a simple thing, but just that constant daily every two minutes pulling at your shirt to drape it. No, I think a lot of us can relate to that and always having to like buy things that would camouflage certain parts Mm -hmm. of you. I totally, I think we all get that. That's huge. What a great feeling just to sit there and admire your strong body and your flat stomach. Yeah. Movement and body mechanics. 
you know, just like being able to sit crisscross applesauce in a chair right. or with your knee up to your chest. Like just, I know watching my patients, like the people that are not flexible, their mortality is less. Like just to be able to move your body around is, I know is indicative of longevity. So that's exciting. Appetite correction, decision fatigue. Like this is truly the busy mom's plan. Like, do you want to do less? Yeah. Do you want to, it sounds like an infomercial for moms. Like, you right. should, like wait, there's more. You're going to be healthy. You're going <laughs> to save money. You're going to fit into your jeans from high school. Like it's free. Like you're going to cure That's your so chronic great. illness. Like it just keeps going. Like it's mom's miracle, really. It really is. It really, I just, really is. I love the way you put that. It, it really is the mom's miracle because thinking about that 21-day fix with all the little containers, yeah. that certainly didn't feel easy, no, did it? No, no. You know, shop less, do less dishes, like all of the things. It's just, I just feel like every mom should, this is the ticket they're looking for, like to... I think so. Don't let the books out there that say women have to do something completely different. Don't let that scare you. And I can't wait till we have probably all be out. We'll see before your episode. I don't even know when we're going to, we haven't set up the interview yet with the fertility expert, but people who really understand like fertility experts who understand fasting, understand that when you fast in a healthy way and you nourish your body, this is something that we can safely do and you should not let people who are saying otherwise scare you. We don't want to over-diet, over-restrict. You don't want to do a super-duper low-calorie diet and CrossFit and all of that at the same time. But when you fast in a way that feels good and you nourish your body well, that is going to help your hormones mm -hmm. not damage them. It's those low-calorie diet. I mean, nobody was like saying, you probably shouldn't take this fentramine. That's really bad for your body. Right. But suddenly, like, fasting is going to be... No. I mean, we have it all backwards. It's those yeah. crazy low-calorie diets that are bad for us hormonally. So we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Well, I think just staying connected with the community is super important because if I had slacked off on that, if I hadn't been hearing it three hours a week from you and Dr. Fung's groups and all of those things that I would have just been a victim and I would have just been like, well, this doesn't work. It's hopeless. I can't do anything. You know, I can't fight my body and, and I would have just quit. But I do want to say like, if you believe in a higher power, if you believe that God made you perfect, then of course he designed us to heal ourselves. Like if we would just get out of our own way and we don't need a subscription, we don't need a prescription to be healthy. Like he just made us so that we could heal ourselves and we lost sight of that. Like our ancestors knew that. And so if we could just get out of our own way and just go back to the basics, like I think we hear like, eat like Pocahontas and we hear that's the food choices, but Pocahontas wasn't snacking all day either. Right. <laughs> you know, like she probably had one meal because they couldn't like, so I think that's, yeah, you a, couldn't go grab a quick something, you know, they were, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there were no snacks. <laughs> yeah. Somebody was trying to get me to do that wheat belly and stuff. And he said, eat like Pocahontas. And I thought food, food choices. And what I really, didn't see was that it was the timing as well, you know, like, yeah, that's really, really important because it took so long to prepare a meal that they, 
because you know, think about the tools that they had yeah. back in those days. Start up it fire. took so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That they were definitely not preparing multiple meals all throughout the day and snacking and eating all the time. So, no, yeah, they didn't have their hydro flask either. <laughs> no, no, they were not <laughs> eat, drinking, pounding the water. No, <laughs> not at all. Molly, it has been great to talk to you. And I always love having healthcare professionals on. It really shows that even healthcare professionals don't have the answers from your training and you have to dig to find them. Yeah. But it can really inspire other people to ask the questions and know where to look. Yeah. But thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. When you're committed to raising the standard, you're bound to ruffle some feathers. At Happy Egg, we like to say we farm differently. But in reality, we produce eggs the way people used to, by partnering with local small family farmers who raise our happy hens on eight or more acres. Because in our opinion, farming shouldn't be complicated. It should be happy. Choose happy with Happy Egg. Visit happyegg.com and look for the yellow carton at a store near you. Happy Egg.